0: hi everybody welcome to episode 38 of spoken word with electronics and happy new year or about to be new year we've got a new year (laughs) coming up kind of fun to say it's gonna be 2021 pretty soon Uh, it'll be 2021 before you hear episode 39 so this is a new year's episode Because New Year's Eve is typically a very fun evening for me, and I think so for a lot of you. And certainly this year's New Year's will be different for most people, specifically for me. I, I can tell you, in my life of acting up on New Year's, there are some very funny years where I've had more fun than I should have had. <laughs> and uh, had a lot of fun for many, many, many of those years. And, and this will be the third or fourth year coming up that I haven't had any alcohol. And so uh, that doesn't mean that I don't still have a lot of weird fun with New Year's. And I tend to uh, say, that if you only have one tab of acid with you, keep it for New Year's Eve. And so maybe some of you do have acid in some variety. And this show this week... I mean, acid certainly has an amazing shelf life. I have consumed uh, tabs of acid that I that I thought I'd lost that were 5 or 10 years old. And they still had a little kick in them. So you can keep liquid acid for a long time. But... So I'm wondering about about how acid has been passed around these past few months. What I wanted to do an episode on this week is using New Year's in a good way to take hallucinogens and assess a year. And I tend to think that New Year's is perfect for those conversations with yourself. The very first time that I ever had a really great acid experience was when I was 17 and walked into a friend's house for New Year's. They said, open your mouth, and they popped a uh, tab on my tongue. And these were good friends. Typically, you shouldn't surprise somebody with acid in this way. This was a very strong tab. I don't know um, if you put two tabs on my tongue or not. And at the time, Colorado was going through some amazing LSD. Uh, this is mid to late 90s, and uh, acid was already enjoying a bit of a revival with industrial music people. And it was just a very good, good evening. I ended up having a wonderful first acid experience with friends that I really loved. Then, as I got through my 20s or 30s, when I my experience with acid would become less and less about it would become less and less about doing it with people and i started the trip alone and i very much enjoy that i recommend it but there are but it's uh sort of like driving without a, a steering wheel or something uh you should uh learn how to trip or learn exactly learn your learn exactly what's going on with yourself before you do that and uh but now, you know, I mean, I uh, drop about, you know, probably about five or so times a decade or so. Uh, I try and do it once a year when it's around, and it gets trickier the older you get, because acid doesn't have that amazing sense, that other, uh, of a party drug. It's more, it, it's it, it, beca- it can become a very frightening thing the older you get to take acid, especially if you are not totally confident with some of your decisions or things like that so what i like to do before i take acid is i like to draw out a series of questions or statements to assess myself and usually one really good question uh, can fuel an entire night and the funny thing about acid though is that the question might have a question and answer but the question could also just be a stimulus to go somewhere else in your head. So you could ask a question like, why, uh, why don't I like ketchup? And I'm fine with ketchup, by the way, but you could ask something as innocuous as that. And properly through the evening, uh, the answer might be because you're in the wrong job and, uh, you never should have made friends with those three people. Why do you tell people that your favorite color is green? It's obviously blue with some plaid checkers in it. You know, I mean, your brain is going to go through a bunch of things trying to tell you the answer to the ketchup question, and that's just a question about ketchup. So bigger ones like, should I be in this relationship or uh, stuff like that? <laughs> should, you know, uh, you know, buyer beware on that. But I like to ask a good question and for a while it was questions about my own relationship with uh, substances and my own odd curious issues with other people um, things like that and uh it can be pretty helpful you know it could also just be a creative question like what should i be working on in the next year or what does this work you know is this work any good i had a year where i asked my i said about five times a decade i probably I don't know, I probably take acid right now about, if I'm gonna do the average out, about eight times a decade has been what I've been doing for the last two decades, so, uh, and then the first decade that I was into acid, it certainly was more than eight, it was probably somewhere in the, uh, oh gosh, I can't even keep count because, you know, you you, uh, go in on a sheet with with a couple friends and then you just have a wonderful summer. But acid is actually much nicer if you take about three or four months off in between trips. Uh, It's a fact and it's a benefit. But I like to do the good acid question every year. And I don't even know what this question would be this year. I feel this year itself has been not even as an allegory or a funny comparison this this year has been quite a trip on its own maybe uh, taking acid would suddenly become without any hallucinations without any distortions you know maybe it would maybe the effect of acid to reverse reality would be to make it sane but i'm also an optimistic person and uh you know it would have been nice to take some acid this year so i thought so i thought let's make some fun drug music this week music that can be very fun when you are on a mind-altering substance. I would say this, uh, the stuff that we're going to be making is pretty good for anything, uh, pot-based, MDMA influenced, um, acid mushrooms, uh, DMT, whatever, maybe slow for DMT, but, uh, We'll have some fun, and I'm going to introduce you to a concept that I've lightly touched on in previous episodes, which is control voltage panning, panning, control voltage panning, and that is when you use control voltage to move a, uh, if, you, if you ever play with the balance bar on a stereo that goes left to right, that's a pan left to right. And you can use control voltage to do that in a rhythmic sequence, and it can become very both uh, Hypnotizing and hallucinatory and very wonderful to have the channels go back and forth from left to right So we'll talk to you in the demonstration about how you do that and sort of some uh, basic sounds of what that sounds like and then for Side A this week, we will have an entire piece where I pretty much just try and make a really good uh, drug music symphony from uh, for tonight, you know? Make some use of that, be happy to do that, and uh, I'll look forward to doing that. Uh, because sound is actually very much its own intoxicant, it's, uh, its own stress reliever, its own kind of wonderful thing, you know? funny thing about Acid is I've noticed that Brian Eno never uh, passes the Acid test with me. Uh, a lot of music is perfect with Acid. I think uh, Coil with their windowpane track is the quintessential perfect Acid song. And Aphex Twin is pretty great during acid too but whenever anybody plays in the Brian Eno it always seems so uh, so phony to me so counterfeit whenever I hear it and that's Roxy Music on up and it's even uh, more peculiar with his visual stuff like his oblique strategies you know you read that and I'm like this is just bullshit he didn't do it you know this isn't (laughs) or he had a uh, DVD for a while called uh, some like six million paintings where a computer would automatically generate different uh, works of art and I thought that was just complete, a complete lie. So I love Brian you know, when I'm not on acid, but uh, somehow he just seems very uh, false or phony to me whenever I'm on acid, which is weird because normally you find a deeper connection with art when you're that cut open. Robert Anthony Wilson, uh, really, uh, man, he broke my brain one night, there's a series of audiobooks called Robert Anton Wilson Explains Everything and it's largely his uh, life story on uh, audiobook and uh, there was that and then I think some of the presentations he did for the disinformation show which is what later became Dangerous Minds as a website before it got sold to Vice and they used to do these TED talks with uh Crazy, wonderful people, and Robert Anton Wilson was one of them. And I watched one of those while I was on, uh, I believe, while I was on that. And I was uh, tripping, and man, he got in my head pretty good, like a like a spoon in a jar of uh, peanut butter that night. And I woke up dreaming. Uh, I never really fall asleep on acid, but I but I had like an acid dream where I fell asleep and then looked up, and I was in the cabin of a hairliner for a while. I thought that's where I was living for uh, the foreseeable future. Love Robert Anthony Wilson. So That was a very funny moment. I will say that acid by itself is a pretty tame drug comparatively um, to acid with uh, pot. And that's always been my experience is to have your peak and enjoy that and then to have weed with it. A lot of people are like, oh, well, pot will uh, mellow it out. It won't. It actually sort of covers uh covers acid in a fog, sort of, and uh, becomes more gelatinous or more flexible or languid or whatever. I mean, I'm using words, but basically it just becomes more like Silly Putty, like uh, my brain becomes a lot more... I, I tend to start to talk to myself like I am a schizophrenic person when I have pot with acid. So if you're a beginner uh, with acid, one you should you should pursue acid at the time in your life where more people have it and you can talk with people that say like this is uh, safe stuff and we've taken it and we'll hang out with you. You should certainly do that because there is a single use result that there are, people are very often changed permanently in a knowing way by one by one good trip. By uh, and it tends to only take one, you know, it's lifelong effect is pretty permanent. It can make you really want to do more of it, which is funny. But, so this, uh, so for New Year's Eve, the New Year's Eve that I will not be taking any acid, I wanted to do a acid show. So here is a primer on using control voltage for making weird droning hallucinatory sounds. And we'll up the ante then with the side A, which will go as far as we can into it. And then we'll conclude this year with uh, part 20 of Charlie Pickle for side B. And that is Hurricanes and Displacement. And I say so in the discussion that it's been a really good year with you. And I'll say this right now, too. It has been a very good year with everyone. Thank you for listening to Spoken Word with Electronics. And I will talk to you in 2021. That's how I end the discussion, too. I uh, pre-taped the discussion before doing the introduction. Just uh, just to totally blow your mind. Man, how crazy. Who needs acid with that kind of insanity, right? But anyway, I've really enjoyed having you as an audience and having this as something to do every week. And uh, here's to a bunch more fun in 2021. That's a rhyme. And here's a primer on using voltage control for panning in a very weird way to create hallucinatory type sounds or sounds that sound great when you're in a hallucinatory state of mind.